I would like to greet you this morning in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. What an awesome day it is this morning in Strand, Cape Town, South Africa, on the 19th of December 2020. Looking out on the beach, looking out at the site, on the at the scenery, looking at God's creation and what God has created and what He has done. And this morning I come to you with an awesome message that the Lord has laid upon my heart as we continue our study in Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. And we're going to look at verse 25 to 30. The Bible says, But I thought it necessary to send you Euphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger and minister to my need, because he was longing for you all and was distressed because you had heard that he was sick. For there he was sick to the point of death, but God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me, so that I would not have sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore I have sent him all, the more eagerly so that when you see him again, you may rejoice and I may be less concerned about you. Receive him then in the Lord with all joy, an old man like him in high regard, because he has come close to death for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was deficient in me. <coughs> came close to death, risking his life, excuse me. And um, this morning I would like to speak on the subject titled, Sacrifice. When I think about sacrifice, a definition comes to mind. Sacrifice is the willingness to leave one's possessions or to give them to others, to deny oneself to the point of death or to give oneself in the service of God or other people. And when we look at this wonderful servant Euphroditus, we find himself written in the eternal pages of the word of God. A man that gave his life for this for the cause of the gospel. He came close to the point of death, almost lost his life. It reminds me of a servant of the Lord T.L. Osborne when him and his wife went to India for a certain time period and he almost lost his life for the cause of the gospel. Went back to his native country, recovered, but he went back to the mission fields and impacted generations. We are part of those generations that has been impacted by men like T.L. Osborne that labor tirelessly in the gospel of Jesus Christ. In my generation, I've got to I've got to see the, 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 the great Billy Graham. I've got to see the Reinhard Bonke. I've got to see great servants of the Lord living and laboring tirelessly in the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And here we see a great servant by the name of Euphroditus mentioned in the eternal pages on the on the in, in the eternal word of god for generations to, to 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 read because of the sacrifice that this great servant of the lord did in my studies as to prepare for this particular teaching i was looking into some of the the great missionaries of our time or the great missionaries of the past generations David Livingston, the William Carey. I looked into the life of Hudson Taylor. And there are still many more that I know that have tirelessly labored and gave themselves for Jesus Christ and the cause of the gospel. I was so intrigued and so blown away by the stories and the testimonies and the, and the fights and the endurance and resistance that these great men and women had to endure so that they could share the gospel 
in nations and cities where people were totally oblivious to the truth or totally in the darkness and has never heard or read or, or ever heard about Jesus Christ. <coughs> but here were men and women that went labored tirelessly, gave up their families, gave up their homes, gave up their livelihoods, gave up everything for the cause of the gospel. They were not moved by, by the world, they were not moved by material, materialistic things, but they gave themselves to the cause of God wholeheartedly, unreservedly, and just loved God with everything that was, what, that was within them prepared themselves for the call of God. Some of them gave up medical school. Some of them gave up great careers to become fishers of men. They laid down their lives and gave it all for the cause of the gospel. I'm going to try to preach a two-part series on this particular sermon, if the Lord permits me. But I want us to go to the book of John chapter 12 verse 23 and 24 to add to our main scripture reading today and jesus answered him saying the hour is come that the son of man would be should be glorified verily verily i say unto you except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die it abideth alone but if it die it bringeth forth much fruit here were these missionaries here were these men and women of god they fought the good fight of faith. They poured out their lives as drink offerings. I read a story of William Carey. William Carey labored in India for seven years without seeing a single convert. Gave up his career, gave up his life, gave up everything that he knew in in Europe and went to the and went to the to 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 to, to live and to work in India. Suffered many setbacks, suffered many trouble suffered many hardships and difficulties but never turned back gave his life for the gospel wrote the Bengali Bible the whole Old and New Testament wrote several New Testament translations became very well known in India but it had to be a time of dying first before bringing forth much fruit William Carey was a great missionary, did great work in the in the in the nation of India. When I read their lives, I, I see these ordinary men did extraordinary things, suffered many rejections, suffered many setbacks, but they kept going. They kept enduring, they kept fighting. They never turned back, they never looked to the left, they never looked to the right, but their dependence was solely on the Lord Jesus Christ. Their lives were totally and completely dedicated unto the Lord, totally surrendered to the cause of the gospel. When they went, they made up their minds without turning back. They gave, they consecrated their families, they consecrated their careers, they consecrated everything unto the Lord, unreservedly. They loved the Lord with all their heart, mind, soul and strength and continued the cause of the gospel for the sake of souls, to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. They had great desires that they made statements like, we need to go to the dark places, we need to go to the unevangelized parts of the world, 
so that man and woman can have a fair chance in hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. This was the heartbeats of these servants of the Lord. This was the cry. This was their intentions. They never seek glory. They never seek the honor of man. All this came as part of them laying their lives down completely on the altar for God. I was so blown away because I, I see, I've seen imperfect men serve God and give their lives. And even in their mistakes and even in their, in their wrong decisions, God honored them and still did great things through their life. William Carey had a, had a marital, had marital crisis. In, in his book or on the study of William Carey, it said that he made a wrong decision with his first wife who never wrote much about her in his journals because she was not the perfect helpmeet. He just thought he needs to get married for the sake of marriage and made a, a blunder. His wife died. He got married again to the second wife, which he loved dearly. And she died too. And he got married to his third wife. But this is not because divorce, but because his wife's passed on in the in the mission field they died on the mission field they took their wives they took their children they consecrated them unto the lord some of their sons and daughters became missionaries too when they saw the devotions of their father and mothers unto the lord totally consecrated lives totally devoted when we read about when we read about um david livingston we see how david livingston came to africa brought the light of the gospel to a people that never seen the light before how we made pacts and exchanges with chiefs of cities, how we led entire tribes or tribes and influenced tribes in the on the continent of Africa to receive Jesus Christ, how we worked with his people, how we loved what he did, how he was committed and dedicated to the cause, not giving up, making statements like the tears that I cry today, generations after me will reap the harvest thereof. When they never saw a single soul come to salvation after they have given up all. And here we find these people, hallelujah, these people, they were like seed put into the ground and they died. Hallelujah. They died. They died. They had died. And they brought forth much fruit. Then we look at Africa. We look at the impact the gospel has had on the, on the, on the continent of Africa. And today I'm a seed. Well, I'm a harvest of the seed that was sown through David Livingston that came and brought the glorious light of the gospel of Jesus Christ to a, to a place or to a people that was in dire strait and in need of the light. We understand this morning that God has chosen us and sacrifice has become a very, very rare message in the kingdom of God because our lives today require that we live our lives for, our, for ourselves and we do what we as we please. We have come to a place where love, serving God has become more about convenience and comfort than sacrifice. Today my desire is not to substitute sacrifice for obedience because the Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. But yet sacrifice is a central theme of the Bible. And many of us word the word sacrifice from the Bible. We read about Abraham's sacrifice. We read about Abraham's sacrifice, Isaac's sacrifice, and Jacob's sacrifice. 
But today when we look at the pulpits and we look at what has been preached, we see that sacrifice is one of the most harsh topics from our pulpits today. Because it will come on offense to men and women for them to, to make a decision or to sacrifice anything in place of their comfort, comfort or their convenience. But the Bible says, unless, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. We are born again to live lives of impact. And not only, ex and not many times we, we live for acceptance and not impact. You cannot have impact and also live for acceptance. A wise man of God told me, if you want to have impact, there's many things you have to lay on the altar. You need to sacrifice. You need to sacrifice. Sacrifice is important. Today, the, the theme of preaching is more about prosperity, miracles, and blessings. But the church has totally abandoned the message of sacrifice. Although the message of sacrifice is very re relevant to us today, yet it has become quiet on our pulpits. As I was walking this morning on the shores in the strand, just thinking and pondering upon the word of God, the Holy Spirit started sharing into my heart and he said, the moment you come to a place of comfort and convenience, that means that sacrifice has become, you have lost, you have actually come to a place of stagnation and your growth is stayed. Because every new level requires a new level of sacrifice. Every time we change levels in the Lord, we it brings on about new sacrifices. And we understand the key to what the blessing is on sacrifice, or what the blessings attach to sacrifice. I mean, when I read these missionaries' lives, they have never, I'm, in their minds, they have not thought to be great or to people or to be people of such influence that they became. All they wanted to do was just take the gospel to the dark places of Africa, Asia, um, China, Europe, wherever. All they just wanted to do was preach Jesus. But these men became statesmen. They became, they became men and women that, that met kings and queens because they gave up their lives for Jesus Christ. So many of today... So many of us today are working hard for these achievements, but we never achieve them. But these men of God who went tirelessly, sacrificed everything. Today they are written in the books, not only of, of biblical history, but they're also written in secular history. The impact they had on nations, education, tribes, languages. The work they did for God, amazing things that they did. William Carey, re writing the Bible in, Bang in Bangali. We had people, David Livingston, learning the African language, speaking to the, to the, to the different tribes and people on, in the, on the continent of Africa. What an amazing achievement. And these guys were recorded in the history books of cities and nations. Today they have monument, monuments up in different cities. Today their statues and their, and their names are engraved 
in cities and nations around the world because of the impact that they made. I want to live a life of impact. I don't want to live a life of acceptance. And that is my desire today, to live a life of impact. When we look at the church today, the church has become a phantom of what the original church was. The church has become fearful and powerless in our generation. Other religions are constantly demonstrating to us the practice of sacrifice. Some of them are doing what we're supposed to have done. They are doing it to the wrong, to the wrong entity or the wrong with the wrong to the wrong gods or to the wrong to the wrong, they're doing it wrong. Let I just use it there. They are doing it wrong. And here we have God. I don't many believers want to give their lives as a sacrifice unto Him. And therefore, today we have not seen a generation that is making impact. We have seen a generation that is that is wanting to become acceptable. Today we want to achieve what the great man of God and woman of God achieved. But I'm sad to it is sad to say that no matter what, what attempts or what effort we have, we have we are doing what we are doing. The day we close our eyes, we will be remembered no long, no more. But when I think on this great man and woman of God that lived in the 1600s, 1700s, and today, on this day, 2020, I am speaking about them because they were men and women of impact. There are still many more missionaries, still many more people who has gone out into the world that I do not have knowledge about, but has done great things because they learned the art of sacrifice. They have learned the art of sacrifice, where the church need to return back to the glorious teaching on sacrifice. We need to understand that sacrifice is the missing ingredient in the church to make full impact. Many men today are traveling the world preaching the gospel, sleeping many nights alone in places that is beyond their standard. People have gone to the African jungles preaching to tribes, living in huts, living on medical supplies, living completely and totally just in faith because of the sacrifices they have made living their lives for Jesus, surrendered lives unto the King of Kings and unto the Lord of Lords, completely given to the gospel. I know there are many men and women that are making sacrifice today. When I think, as I said earlier, about Reinhard Bonkis and the Billy Grahams, and I think about men and women of God, that are living in our generation, Apostle Tamarit, Apostle Maldonado, great men and women of God that are impacting this generation, traveling the globe, setting up crusades, putting their families aside to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, sacrificing their finances, sacrificing their time, sacrificing all their efforts to get the gospel to people that sometimes do not appreciate it, that does not, they do not even receive what they have brought but yet these men labor tirelessly, spend their resources, giving up their homes, giving up their families, so they could impact the lives of new generation, of this generation. Yet many, many times, as Paul says, we become the scum of the earth, we become the talk of the town. 
because of the sacrifices that they have made. When I read through the, the history of the church, I see that men and women that has made sacrifices. Some of them, the sacrifices has not turned out as wonderful as we expected it. Some of their families did not serve the Lord. Some of their sons and daughters turned away from God. But do we cease to sacrifice? Or do we continue in the course to which God has called us? Man and woman, I want to encourage you this morning. We need to lay down our lives on the altar for Jesus Christ. We need to live for Him. We need to give ourselves, as the songwriter says, away. So that He can continually use us for His glory. Sacrifice is the missing ingredient, as I said, in the church. The, the master key that will take the average minister or person from barrenness to fruitfulness. Sacrifice is the key that will transform a person or a church or a ministry from an official with a title of a place of him or place of worship to a truly fruitful person, minister, and church of with impact. Sacrifice will take a church to grow from a single church to a group of churches. Sacrifice will take a business from a single business to a franchise. Sacrifice will take a person, as the Bible says, when it dies, it beareth fruit. Sacrifice will take something that has been singular and make it into into a plural form or to and will multiply. When we read the word of God and we read Philippians chapter 2, we understand sacrifice. Jesus Christ gave his life, died on the cross of Calvary. Philippians 2 teaches us of this precious truth about Jesus that gave himself for us. The sacrifice that he made and today we look at our harvest. The book of Revelation says, And under the altar I saw, I saw the souls of those who have been martyred. In the book of Revelation we see, they say a, a, a people were outnumber. It was all because of a seed. Christ giving his life so that we could become the harvest of that life. That shed his blood on the cross of Calvary. And today, we are a part of that fruit. My God, I give you glory, God. I give you glory. Sacrifice will take a pastor or an individual to move into real ministry in the kingdom of God. Jesus compares this to a corn of wheat falling into the ground and dying. The readiness to die is the missing ingredient in many good churches. To die is what is missing in many, many good churches. Many ministries will remain small until they have people who are ready to sacrifice. Because there comes a time when sacrifice is needed. As I preach this message today, we have just started our second branch in Hrabau. And it has taken, for this past two, three months, it has taken a lot of sacrifice. Double services on a Sunday, reaching out to the people in Krabo. We're about to plant more churches, and I know it's going gonna, it's gonna to require more sacrifice. But I know, 
unless I die, I will never be fruitful. I will never be fruitful. The scripture says that unless the corn of wheat disappears into the ground and dies, it will be alone. We understand that the corn of, of wheat symbolizes the ministry or minister or the individual in the kingdom of God. To be alone means to be fruitless, fruitless, sorry. It means to be without members or followers. The dying process that sacrifice will bring will eventually bring out much fruit. It will bring about much fruit. Jesus would not have borne the fruit he bore if he had not, if he had not died on the cross. He would have been alone in heaven with his father. He would not have saved us if he had not died and gone to hell. If he had not died for us on the cross of Calvary, he would not have. To win followers to himself and to his father, he had to fall into the ground and die. That is what Jesus had to do. The corn of wheat has to fall into the ground and die. When the seed falls into the ground, we know what happens to a seed when it falls into the ground. It disintegrates and it, decompose, it decomposes. It eventually goes through the process before it comes out as fruit. Fruits can only come about after the seed disappears and dies. This is what we call dying. The need to die is the most important truth to grasp. There are many sincere leaders who know many things. They have heard much and think they are high up in God. Knowledge, unfortunately, only breeds Pride. First Corinthians 8 verse 1. Knowledge puffeth up a charity edify it. We know that we all have knowledge. We know what knowledge does. The kingdom is more than a school of ministry and doctrines. It is more than acquiring numerous certificates of Bible knowledge. Knowledge without this process of dying will yield nothing. Have you noticed that some of the most learned and scholarly Bible expositors are very inactive at real ministry? I mean that we know that. Many people that are so well-learned, well-educated in the Word of God are completely inactive. But we see people with the little knowledge that they have wanting to impact generations. We have seen when I read about these, about these precious missionaries and these precious guys, some of them never had Bible school, some of them never had, 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 had proper education. But these guys were willing to lay down their lives. They were the seed that died and God made them fruitful. They became generals of the faith. They became generals in nations. Today, their the days are being celebrated. Their the memories are being celebrated because of the lives that they've lived. Today, we celebrate at this point in our lives, at this juncture of the year, we are celebrating the birth of Christ because of what he did, because of being, being the savior of the world, washing our sins and cleansing us with his precious blood. And today, we are celebrating the life of the King of Kings and the lord of lord today we are this this month we are we we know jesus is the reason for the season there's no other reason but jesus christ hallelujah a seed that died on the cross and brought forth a harvest in which i'm a part of glory be to god glory be to god hallelujah when we look some of the keys of of sacrifice i want to look at Biblical points on sacrifice, and I want to encourage you today through the through the reading of the Word of God. And I pray that you will be captivated as we look into the scriptures. 
we look at and number one self-sacrificing is forfeiting one's present comfort for the sake of others that is what sacrificing entails forfeiting one's present comfort for the sake of others today i stand as a testimony we have left johannesburg four years almost four years ago now we're living in the city of cape town strand there are better jobs there are better opportunities for work in johannesburg I remember my wife was seeking a job for many years. And just before the Lord sent us to Cape Town, she found a job and she was made permanent. And how long after that she had to put in a letter of resignation so that we could come to, to, to Cape Town to fulfill the call of God. When I read this message and I understand what God is doing, I understand that we have made, a, we have made some sacrifices. I remember giving up my job more than, more than 12 years ago I gave up my job in Cape Town, I mean in, sorry, in Absa Bank, was a business manager, resigned because I felt the call of God on my heart. At this juncture in our life, we've seen the hand and we've seen the power of God. Yes, we have lost many things. Yes, we have lost, we have, we have, we have to give up pleasures. We have to, we have to give up some, some of the pleasures of life so that we could move to the, a city in strength and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ unto people that God has sent us to. And today I don't regret it. After my study on sacrifice and after my study on the book of Philippians, I'm so encouraged and so motivated that known that my life is a life of impact and my life will count. Sometimes I've looked at my friends and I've looked at some people that has made successful careers and some people that has gone out ahead of me and I praise God for them and I don't condemn them. But one day, they will be the eternal, eternity will will be more important what eternity says about our lives will be more important than what the world or what people that we have that we have influence because we have looked for acceptance and god has been gracious to us and let's look at let's look at somebody by the name of ruth let's read what the bible says in the book of ruth chapter 2 verse 11 and 12 Boaz, Boaz is speaking here. He says, yes, I know, Boaz replied, but also know about everything you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. I have heard how you left your father and your mother and your own land to live here among complete strangers. This is the testimony of Ruth. Listen to Joe's prophetic declaration over the life of Ruth. May the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, reward you fully for what you have done come on i declare today a full reward unto those who have given up everything for the cause of christ everything for the cause that the vision god has put into your heart for that cause i declare today that you will reap a full reward and when we look at the when we look at the life of ruth she reaped a full reward Ruth reaped a full reward. Not only did Ruth become the wife of Boaz, a billionaire in his day, but also Ruth became one of the gentle women mentioned in the lineage of Jesus Christ in the book of Matthew. Her name is written and engraved upon the hearts of generations because of a decision that she made 
Do not entreat me not to leave you. Where you go, I go. Where you die, I die. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Boaz says to you, you came to a place, you left your father and your mother and you came unto a place where there was complete, is complete strangers. May God fully reward you. She received a full reward to be engrafted into the lineage of Christ. What a blessing that is. My God, an idol worshiper that made up a mind to serve the God of Naomi became the great, great, great grandmother of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ according to the genealogy of Christ. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Let's look at another man of God by the name of Moses, stuttering, stammering Moses. Hebrews 11 verse 24 to 27. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He chose oppression over pleasure. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt. For he was looking ahead to his great reward. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who was invisible. I'm reminded about Hudson Taylor preparing for China, how he lived in 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 the UK in a in a downtrodden place, a place that was beyond um that was beyond that was not pleasurable. The living condition was not pleasurable. But Hudson Taylor in this time of his life prepared himself to go to China. And so he said he wants to live like the Chinese. So he threw out his comfortable bed and started sleeping on the floor because he, he got himself ready to live in China. What an amazing testimony. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Now let's look at Moses. He grew up, first of all, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh. What a privilege he exchanged for the work of God. To be known rather as a servant of God than a son of Pharaoh. Pharaoh was the superpower of the time. Wealth, riches, honor, glory. Moses left everything the bible says he chose to share the oppression of god's people then instead of enjoying the pleasures of the fleeting pleasures of sin there comes a time in our life that we need to make a decision sometimes not every not everything is god and we need to make our minds up how are we going to choose what is not of god or are we going to choose what god has put in our pathway sometimes we need to choose oppression than pleasure and sometimes it might not agree with everybody that's around us, with us, in our circles of influence. But if God has called us to live this kind of life, we need to then give our lives in the cause of the gospel. And Moses gave up everything so that he could suffer with the children of Israel. He thought it was better, he had a revelation, to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt. He exchanged the worldly pleasures and treasures to suffer for Christ. At junctions like this in our lives, when we try to explain people and our decision making, 
They would say we are crazy. They would say we are out of our minds. They would ask us, don't you consider your children? Don't you consider your family? Don't you consider your, your, your future? But here was Moses, convicted and convinced and had a revelation that would rather suffer for Christ than enjoy the pleasures of sin. But in this, God, not all the time, because not with everybody, it happened the same. But even if it does not happen to us or with us, yet we should have the revelation that we know that there's nothing compared with the future glory than with his present sufferings. The future glory is greater than the present sufferings. We need to come to a place where we are willing to lay down our lives so that we could enjoy the present, the, the future glory, and endure the present sufferings. The Bible says it was by faith that Moses left. But the Bible also says, for he was looking ahead to his great reward, to what was in Christ. That was his reward. That was the most ultimate and most important. And we need to learn from the life of Moses. What are we living for is the question. This is what comes to heart when I look into the life of Moses. What is it that we are truly living for? Because here we see that Moses exchanged the materialistic things of this world for the things that were invisible and unseen. <coughs> the eternal riches that are in Christ Jesus. Moses was a mighty man in Egypt. But in the kingdom of God, Moses was known as the most meekest and humblest man. Moses became a prophet. Moses became one of the most feared men. Moses became as a god unto the very Pharaoh, which he left for the cause of Christ. If, we only, if I could only see and ear could only under, hear and understand the things that God has prepared for those who love him, exchanging what we have for what he has would not become an issue. We need to understand that God wants us to lay down and to sacrifice what he has. The second type of sacrifice is the sacrifice of our possessions. Jesus Christ commends the willingness to give away our possessions. The Bible says, Jesus said in Matthew 19 verse 21, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions, give the money to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come follow me. Jesus knew this guy, really did love him, but his priorities were out of line. His heart was truly on his, on his treasures, on his mammon, and not on his God. And so here comes a test, and the guy fails the test. Many a times we have the choice to make between mammon and God. Many times we have the choice to make between, sometimes God wants to bring our priorities into alignment with him. Sometimes it's all or nothing. Abraham went through this great test. We need to offer up the promise. But the Bible says Abraham knew the God who promised was also faithful to raise the dead. And Abraham was willing to give up his son Isaac because he knew the one who had promised was also able to bring what was dead back to life again. But yet it was a test for Abraham. And after the test Abraham endured, Abraham received a word from the Lord that God was going to do great things in the life of Abraham. And today we are known as the children of Abraham. Come on, man. When I look at the sacrifices, the Bible says, and God called Abraham alone. Abraham left 
the his life, the Ur of the Chaldeans, left a place of of grand living, left a place that was like five star to live in a tent for the rest of his life. But today we cannot speak about faith without Abraham because of what Abraham sacrificed and what Abraham gave. Oh Jesus, I'm so blessed today. If the if the rich young ruler only knew the the promise that Peter received from Christ when Peter then said, we have left our homes to follow you. Yes, Jesus replied, and I assure you that everyone who has given a house, wife, brothers, parents, or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will be repaid many times over in this life and will have eternal life in the world to come. I now declare and decree, you will enjoy the blessings of God in the land of the living. I now declare and decree, you will not only enjoy heaven, what heaven is, heaven, heaven's blessings are, are, are going to be past what our eyes in Paul says, that when I was caught up, I saw things I could not explain, I cannot speak about. That is for heaven. But I believe that Jesus said to Peter, in this life, in this life, I pray today that you would, your eyes, your faith will be revived, your hope will be revived, and in this life, you will experience the multiplied, multi, multifaceted blessings of our Lord Jesus Christ. May you be blessed today in Jesus' mighty name. We see that in the book of, of Acts, how the church, how the believers of the early church gave up their possessions in order so that they could, could, could be a blessing in the kingdom of God. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything that they had. They sold their properties and possessions and shared the money with those in need. Therefore, therefore the Bible teaches us that, you know, those who have opened up their doors to missionaries and opened up their doors to foreigners and people to, to stay with them and to be a blessing, God sees that and will reward them richly will reward them richly and here the church gave up their possessions sacrificed what they had and gave to one another glory be to god acts 4 34 to 37 is the one that stands one of the things that stands out to me there were no needy people among them because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need now listen to this i love this part for instance there was joseph the one of the apostles nicknamed Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He was from the tribe of Levi and came from the island of Cyprus. He sold a field and owned and brought the money to the apostles. He sacrificed, allowed him to be used by God to usher in one of the greatest apostles who ever lived because, because it was through Barnabas that Paul was introduced to the church. It was through Barnabas that Paul was presented to the church because the church rejected Paul, but Barnabas brought with him, to, brought, brought Paul before the apostles. It was God that used Barnabas. Could the sacrifice have meant that Barnabas introduced the greatest apostle could this have set him up to be the introducer of one of the greatest men who has ever lived by the name of the apostle paul one of the greatest who wrote most of the new testament could this sacrificial seed be the one that opened up the door for god to use this mighty apostle barnabas son of encouragement could that have been 
I declare today sacrifices will open up supernatural doors that will cause you to usher in the latest move of God, that will cause you to be the latest voice of the latest move of God in the earth. I declare this in the mighty name of Jesus. I declare that your sacrificial seeds has not gone unnoticed before God and God will remember you. What you sacrifice today will cause the heaven to remember you and to record it and God will use you to be an instrument of glory in the earth in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Let's look at the Philippian church of sacrifices. 2 Corinthians 8 verse 1 to 5. Now I want you to know dear brothers and sisters what God in his kindness has done through the church in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles and they are very poor, but they're also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. I can testify that they gave not only for what they could afford, but far more, and they did it for their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. They even did more than we had hoped, for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do. They first gave their lives to Christ. They gave it up to Christ, and through this sacrifice and through this revelation, nothing else mattered in their lives. They are now being used as a testimony to the Corinthian church. I declare, I declare and decree today, your sacrifice that you have made unto the Lord will allow you or make your voice or your name to become a witness and a testimony unto others so that they could follow your example in Jesus' name. People will witness and people will testify using your name because of what you sacrificed in generations to come in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. My God, I thank you today. I'm going to stop here for this first lesson on sacrifice. We're going to continue in our next teaching on, on the subject of sacrifice. And I pray that God will do great things in your life. And I pray that God will bless you richly, bless you and your family, and take you from glory to glory. Today I want to make a prayer. I want to say this, say this prayer with me today. Say, Lord Jesus, I come today and I give my life as a sacrifice unto you, a living sacrifice. Lord, let my life be holy. Let my life be pleasing unto you. Because I know this is your this is my reasonable service unto you. And this is your will for my life. Today, Lord, renew my mind and my thoughts so that I would not live with an unrenewed mind, but with a mind that is totally transformed. Father, today, I give myself to you so you can use me in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I am blessed today to be part of this wonderful kingdom. Father, whatever in my life I have put as more important to you, if my priorities are out of line, if my life and my decision-making is not aligned with your word, I want to ask for forgiveness and repent today. Father, today, my life is on the altar. I give you the glory, the honor, and the praise that is due to your name. Father, I commit my life into your hands. In Jesus' name, I am blessed today to be a son of the Most High God, a daughter of the King. And today, Lord, I want, my love, I want to live a life of impact and not acceptance. I give you today my life in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.